Welcome to The Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. We continue talking about the collection of money to support the saints who are in need down in Judea as they suffer from the famine with 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, it is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints, for I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has been ready since last year. And your zeal has stirred up most of them, but I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter, so that you may be ready as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you, and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised, so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness You will be enriched in every way, to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. This is the word of the Lord. So our chapter today continues from yesterday's theme of of really looking after the saints in Judea. So in Acts chapter 11, verse 28, we see the prophet Uh, that prophesies a famine over the land of Judea, and the immediate response is that they are going to take up a collection to support those people. The collection will be essentially brought to Jerusalem, to the heads of the church, and they will distribute it to those that they know are in need. And so this is what we see continued here. Yesterday, Paul lifted up the churches of Macedonia and how they, even though they were poor, they were giving out of their poverty. They were giving more than they had. They were giving beyond their means because they were trusting in the Lord first that the Lord would care for them. And then that enabled them to be so generous. And Paul was putting that up before the Corinthians to encourage the Corinthians who do have, they, they're, many of them have quite a bit, wealthy abundance, He's encouraging them to be generous as well. So we re-pick up on that theme today. Paul has been boasting about the Corinthians to the Macedonians, just as he's now boasted about the Macedonians to the Corinthians. And he was telling them 
that Achaia, which is, so Macedonia is to the north of Achaia, Achaia is to the south, the two regions that border each other, they're next to each other. He's been telling them that the people in Corinth and Achaia have been ready to give and contribute and help the, the famine-struck people since last year. And that that readiness on behalf of the Corinthians has encouraged the Macedonians to be generous. So Paul's using this both ways. He, he's encouraging, he's using each church to encourage the other. You could look at this locally for yourself, whether it's you know in your community. So you have two churches, and and you do a you do a collection together to help a project in your community to help those in need, or maybe it's two of your your local districts. So I'm in the Missouri district, and maybe we work together with the Kansas district to support a need that's going on around us. Or maybe it's nationally, as we talk of the national church. So the LCMS pairs together with the Lutheran Church in Canada because we know of a need. And it's it's like that happening, and you see the whoever's kind of in charge of it using both churches or districts or, or synods as an example for the other. Yeah, look how look at what Missouri's doing. And then to Missouri, and when he talks to Missouri, oh yeah, look at what Kansas is doing. Um, he, he's using Christians to encourage other Christians by their generosity together. And now he's sending, he's sending these brothers that we talked about at the end of chapter 8 yesterday, he's sending them to Corinth to take up that collection that they've promised, that they've offered in order that his boasting doesn't prove empty, that the Corinthians don't, in a sense, turn back on their word and take back their offering and make Paul out to be a liar. That would be humiliating for Paul to say nothing of you. Um, Yeah, it would be a complete humiliation for the Corinthian church. You have promised this gift. So Titus and the other two brothers are coming to collect it as a gift. Not an exaction, it's not a tax. So we move into the latter part here. This, this is often used to say that Christians should not tithe. I'm going to say contextually that's wrong, but also theologically it's it's a dangerous move to make here. And that's to say nothing of the tithe itself. I mean, leaving tithing out of this, this text just doesn't have anything to do with that. So let's take a look. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. That is a very simple metaphor from the farming world. If you only plant... 20 seeds in your land, how much is there going to be for you to harvest when harvest time comes? Not much. (laughs) If you really only did 20, maybe not any, depending on what happens. But whoever sows bountifully, so whoever sows much will also reap bountifully. So if you put in a lot of seed, you get more. The more you plant, the more you get, in a sense. If you plant little, you're not going to get much. And you can do this with your own kids. 
you know, plant a garden in your yard and plant fruit or vegetables to grow in your garden and show them how this works. I mean, that would be a, you know, a, a few months long project. That's a long devotion, isn't it? But, you know, you could, you could start it today because this is springtime and then you can revisit this text in a few months and see what happens. On the same hand, though, you can also ask your kids about it, and one of the questions you can say is, which of these do you want to be? Which person do you want to be? Do you be the, want to be the one that does very little and gets very little, or do you want to be the one that that is really generous and, and receives a lot? And what that reception is is not what we might think either. We had that in the text yesterday. What verse was that? Verse 14. That your abundance at the present time should supply their needs so that their abundance may supply your need. We'll see that in the end of the text today. So it continues here, verse 7. Give as one has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly, not under compulsion. This is not a law thing at all. God loves a cheerful giver. God wants you to give cheerfully what is decided in your heart. So this is what gets used, again, about not tithing. Tithing is an Old Testament law. God wants you to be cheerful and to give what you decide to give. Well, there's two things contextually that that show that that is wrong. Um, The first is that simply this is not about tithing. This isn't about the tithe. This is about a special contribution for a special need that is occurring in Judea. So the closest parallel in our churches is if your church does a door collection, whether it's to help a local pregnancy resource center or if it's you've got a missionary coming through and you're having a, uh, an opportunity to support a missionary, that's your context here. A disaster relief effort, the thing. Well, do I put in 20 cents? Do I put in a couple hundred bucks? What do I do? That's the picture here. Give what's in your heart to give. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. That's contextually what's going on. But more than that, again, think of the tithe and think of the first, well, verse 6. God loves a cheerful giver. Whoever sows sparingly reaps sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully reaps bountifully. I'm not going to tithe. I don't have to tithe. I, I don't have anything to give. I'm not going to give. Well, what's that picture end up as? Versus, okay, I don't have to tithe. There's no law that exists that says I have to tithe anymore. I'm going to give generously. I don't have to stop at 10%. I can give more than that. I will trust that God will provide for me and I'll give. That's the picture Paul's really setting up here, if anything. Because if you, I mean, we don't want to make this a competition with God. So that comes out too, right? Ask your children, what has God done for us? What has God given for us? 
Because part of the, the conversation in this is that we are, as Christians, followers of Christ, we are called to be like God. To live as Christ lived. And, and so what did God give for us? And what did he gladly give for us with a cheerful heart? He gave everything, even his own life for us. So if we really want to make this a, a competition, give everything. Talk about a new law. That would be harsh. So we just we have to be careful how we handle this, this section. And I don't think we handle it very well most of the time in the churches today. Verse 8. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Let me point to that being the, the purpose here. God is able to make all grace abound to you. So all of his gifts, grace is another way to talk about gifts, forgiveness, life, daily bread. So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, God provides for you. Give us this day our daily bread. God provides for you. This is what we saw about the Macedonians yesterday. Even though they were poor, they entrusted themselves. They gave themselves first to the Lord. They trusted that God would provide for them. So God provides for us all things, all times, so that we may abound in every good work. God provides for us that we may serve. That's the picture here. That's the text. We are generous because we know the Lord cares. We know the Lord provides. We know the Lord will take care of us, even if it doesn't look like what we want it to look like, even if it isn't even in this life. The Lord will provide. The Lord will give. He will care for us. Verse 9 is a quotation of Psalm 112, verse 9. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. How can we trust that God will provide for us? Well, he's God. He's eternal. He endures forever. And he has already proven to us his desire to care for us and to give all things for us by dying for us, by giving his very life for us. Verse 10, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed. We'll pause on that. Another question to ask the kids on this one. Who gives us all that we have? Who gives us all that we need? Again, this is about God providing for us. God will provide. He will increase. He will supply your seed. He will multiply your seed. He will increase the harvest of your righteousness. That's a reference to our good works. The generosity, again, of the Corinthian Christians here, that they would go out and bear fruit. You think of the parable of the sower, who sowed very bountifully. He put seed everywhere. It fell on the road. It fell on the rocky soil. It fell among the weeds. It fell on good soil. And it grew. And the stuff that fell in the good soil, which is Christians, the church, the faithful disciples, that grew 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold in what it produced. God will produce good works through us. He will help us to bear fruit. 
we will be enriched in every way through that generosity because it produces thanksgiving to God. So here, this is again for the Corinthians, as they give a gift of generosity to the Judeans who are struggling with the famine, their generosity will produce thanksgiving to God. The Christians in Judea will give thanks to God for the gifts from Corinth. Let me put it this way. If you knew that you could give $10 to someone and that the result of that gift would be that they got on their knees in private, you, you wouldn't get to see it, but you knew it happened. They got on their knees before the Lord and they thanked him for caring for them. That your little $10 gift supported their faith, encouraged their faith, built up their faith. Is it worth it? Oh yeah. Yeah, that would be worth it. And that's what's going on here. And it goes both ways. The ministry of service not only provides the needs of the saints, but it's also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. So helping them by giving them this gift of finances that they need so desperately at that time so they can buy food. Helping them in this time, helps them trust in God. It encourages them in their faith. Christians encouraging one another. And by that, they're glorifying God. While, while they're benefited in that way, they turn around and they long for the Corinthians. They pray for the Corinthians and suddenly, this works both ways. The Christians in Judea are blessed by the gift of, of the food that they need and their strength, their faith is strengthened, they're able to trust more in God. And they turn around and they bless the Christians living in Corinth by praying to the Lord that the Lord would continue to bless and encourage the Corinthians in their faith. And Paul says, verse 15, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift, which is a reference to many things all wrapped up in one. It is the reference to Jesus Christ described in verse uh, chapter 8, verse 9, who became poor in order to make us rich by the blessings he gives, which is not about this world. It's about heaven and paradise and being with God forever at his feast that never ends. It is also the inexpressible gift of generosity that the Lord would provide and care for us, that we would provide and care for one another. And then it is this inexpressible gift of how the, this all works out cyclically. How when one Christian serves another, aids another, in response, that other Christian is strengthened and they end up serving and aiding the one that helped them in the first place. And this is just a, a rotation of one Christian loving another back and forth as we continue as the church together, building one another up through faith, love, and generosity. Thanks indeed be to God.